0: You know, in the last podcast I did in the early morning hours of yesterday, and I did it like I normally do, I put it together, I put it up, and then I'd wake up in the morning and normally I'd see some listens by the time I got up in the morning. I'm not talking a huge amount, like, oh, I don't know, Joe Rogan or something like that, but a lot for me, and I it shows me that uh, things are operating properly. But when I got up that morning, yesterday morning, I looked at uh, the podcast, not one listen. Now, that seemed strange to me. That seemed really strange to me. Something is off, and it kind of irritated me. I don't get bugged about too many things, but I don't like it when things don't work, especially when I conjure in my mind that, okay, this doesn't work. Now, this is going to be a headache and take forever to fix. Now, that might not even be the case, but that's my immediate thought process. And then I started thinking a little bit more. I started thinking, is my hosting company fucking with me? Now, you have to understand, I use Anchor.fm. I love the platform. I love the hosting site. Very functional. Gives me everything I need, and it's free. What more can I ask for? I have no problem with anchor.fm. I enjoy it. In fact, every time you listen to a podcast, you listen to me in a commercial talking about how you should use it if you decide to go with a podcast. Anyway, but it got me thinking, because you see, anchor.fm is owned by Spotify. Now, if you'll remember in some of these podcasts, I've been kind of fucking with Joe Rogan. <laughs> You know talking shit about his using the n word and anti vaccine and all the trouble he's causing at this point and how Spotify is sticking with him all these classic artists are leaving Spotify, but they're sticking with Joe Rogan. I suppose you have to when you pay him a hundred million dollars, but they said they weren't going to silence them now, in my show, the rational Boomer podcast, I was. As I say, kind of fucking with Joe Rogan, because I have a definite opinion of it. And uh, frankly, I find his show more annoying now that it's on Spotify than it was before, and I wasn't a huge fan before. I think it's changed because essentially he sold out. Well, anyway, <laughs> I was talking shit about him on the podcast, and I think to myself, holy shit, you don't think Spotify is took me off the hosting site because I was fucking around with Joe Rogan, do you? (laughs) And then I realized how silly that is. I'm a pretty small potatoes compared to anybody else that might be doing a podcast on Spotify. I'm sure the people at Spotify never even heard the podcast. So it was a little arrogant for me to think that they would fuck with me because of that. So I went to Anchor.fm. I chatted with them online and said. What the fuck is up? (laughs) And fortunately, what had happened, Anchor.fm had power outages after I or before I did the podcast and posted it. So it screwed up the RSS feeds and it took a while for it to get back online. And I don't think any of the feeds started going till about uh, afternoon. Uh, the afternoon of the day. So it took a while for the podcast to get out. I did a TikTok letting everybody know that saying, hey, if you haven't seen the podcast, don't worry. It's coming. It's just some technical problems with the podcast hosting site. They had an outage. (laughs) But that's where my head goes immediately. Somebody's fucking with me. (laughs) And now I'm ready to fight. It's a good thing I don't lose my temper and act out of emotion because I could have looked really stupid talking to this, uh, <laughs> talking to this guy from or this operator from uh, Anchor FM. It was no big deal. <laughs> He said, well, we did have an outage, but let me look at it, and we'll get it going, and don't worry about it, and it will get back online. And damned if it didn't, it took a few hours, but it got back online. So my thanks to Anchor.fm. I still think Joe Rogan's a piece of shit, in spite of the fact that Spotify loves him. But keep the show on, please. Don't take me off because I hate Joe Rogan. (laughs) Give me a couple weeks. I'll be in line with Rogan as far as an audience. Now I won't. (laughs) so anyway the podcast is back online this one should go up normally and everything should run as we expected now we've got a lot of things going on in the news things we need to talk about so let's get to it you know i've always said that all you have to do is let donald trump talk and he'll fuck himself over He always does. I've said that before. If Donald Trump had learned to keep his mouth shut over the past four years, he wouldn't be in nearly the trouble he is now. But he thinks he's so smart, and he can talk his way out of anything. But when you listen to him talk, I mean, he talks like a seventh grader. He's not very articulate. He's not very bright. He has some buzzwords that he uses over and over that are Bigger words, so it makes him sound smarter than he is, but he's not a smart man. And again, it goes back to what I was saying before about acting with emotion. That's the thing with Donald Trump. Everything he does is emotional. And I've told you before, anytime you react to something emotionally, chances are it's going to go south because you're not using your head and you're not thinking logically. It's just all emotion. And that sets you up for saying something stupid, doing something stupid, and you don't want to do that. So if you're somebody who thinks emotionally all the time and reacts, you may want to try to force yourself to pull it back a bit, calm down, give it some thought before you do the things that you would do when you're being emotional about it. But Donald Trump is the epitome of that. Everything is emotion. If I say Donald Trump sucks, immediately he's going to attack me, and he's going to call names, and he's going to make threats, and he's going to talk about different things about me or my life or my money or whatever. And somebody like that is pretty easy to argue with. So anyway, <laughs> he was talking, and he said, uh, he said that he would be willing to pardon all the January 6th insurrectionists. Well, that caused him some kickback. He didn't take it back. He didn't apologize for it. At least Joe Rogan did. But he said that, and that got everybody kind of stirred up, even some Republicans. And the last straw seemed to be the RNC, the Republican National Committee. Unless you saw the Hakeem Jeffries uh, speech, where he said the C doesn't stand for committee, it in. Fact stands for cult, and that is extremely accurate. I like Hakeem Jeffries. I think he's a very intelligent uh, guy. He's a good representative, and uh, I see bigger things for him in politics down the road. Who knows? Maybe even 2024, depending on how things go. But the RNC went ahead and said that the insurrection on January 6th was a legal political discourse. Well, now that's fucking ridiculous. We had 143 police officers injured by these Trumplefucks. We had the U.S. Capitol broken into. We had Ashley Babbitt having to be shot because she was climbing through a window. These people defecated and urinated in the fucking Capitol. For Christ's sake, what kind of animals are they? Then the RNC went on to censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, two Republicans. The Republican National Convention and the Republican Party censured Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. And for what reason? Well, because they're on the January 6th committee. And they're persecuting those people who were involved in what they called a legal political discourse. Well, this is all bullshit. This is all ridiculous. And here's what it's doing. It's creating a crack in, as Hakeem Jeffries said, a cult. You see, there are some Republicans that are not crazy far-right Trump fans. Now, they may have kept quiet all the time, which is makes them just as culpable. But this seems to be a bridge too far for certain people. People like Mitt Romney, Kevin Kramer, Tom Tillis— They're feeling uncomfortable about this. Everybody knows what January 6th was. They know it was an insurrection. They know it was violent. They know it was illegal. For the RNC and the other Republicans to say it was just legal political discourse, that's a bridge too far for them. They know they're going to pay a price ultimately for siding with that. So now they're at the stage where they're going, yeah, no, look, that's bullshit. It was serious, it was an insurrection, and it was a problem. Now, even Mitch McConnell has stood up, and he doesn't believe uh, that this was anything more than an insurrection, and he can't believe how stupid the GOP is being about this. Now, here's the why, reason why Mitch McConnell is so worried about this. What this is doing is it's splitting the Republican Party. You've got people that are somewhat have common sense, and the other side are just a bunch of fucking wackos. So if you separate out the Republican Party, that doesn't bode well for the 2022 midterms in November. This party needs to be unified about something. They don't need to be fighting on whether it was an insurrection or it was a legal political discourse. So Mitch McConnell's concerned, and so are some of these other people that just can't stay in when people are talking the way they're doing. I said it before, when the RNC censured Kinsinger and Cheney, that was essentially the end of the Republican Party. They admitted that they support insurrection, violence, sedition, tre- uh, treason. They admitted that they're all for authoritarianism or fascism. They've admitted that. As I've said, the Republican Party is no longer a legitimate party. It's nothing but a a rogue nation of insurgents. And we can't have that in this country. It's just outrageous. And then you throw in the fact that Mike Pence is calling out Donald Trump. He said, Donald Trump is wrong. I couldn't have overturned the election. Well, now, Donald Trump is... uh, (coughs) Uh, fuming and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Donald Trump and how he's fuming later on in the podcast. But you see what's going on here. You've got the Republican party in in uh, in a lot of drama. Some people feel like it's gone too far now. We've got to pull back. We can't continue to ride this train because it's getting ridiculous. We've got the base that don't care It's ridiculous. I'm still on board. But it is now separating out the Republican Party. And when they're not unified, that makes them weaker. And Mitch McConnell knows and Mitt Romney knows that if they stay this way, then come 2022's November election, it's going to be a problem. Well, I'm here to tell you it's going to be a problem anyway, because there's a lot of shit coming out. There's a lot to be revealed. And now we've got the Republican Party infighting. The good thing for the Democrats about this is they'll be so busy fighting amongst themselves, they won't have time to pay attention to the Democrats. So hopefully the Democrats can capitalize on that, somehow benefit from that distraction that the Republican Party is causing itself. I've always said that at some point people will jump ship on Donald Trump. People sided with Donald Trump as long as they thought there was something to gain, either avoiding a primary or getting votes from his uh, redneck, toothless, dumb-fucking, fucking cult members. But Donald Trump is starting to fade in his power, and i got to be honest with you. This is taking longer, way longer than I thought. I thought once he left office, people would say, okay, he doesn't have power now. Let's just set him aside. That's not what happened. Kevin McCarthy went down, um, reignited the interest in Donald Trump, and ever since, he's had complete control over the Republican Party. Well, now there are Republicans that are saying, yeah, I don't like that because this is some crazy shit, and I don't want to be a part of it. One thing that Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, and some of these other people know, that Donald Trump, his time is short. There's too much coming down on him, and something's going to stick. Now, I don't know if everything, all the investigations and all the potential indictments, will all come down and find their mark on Donald Trump. But I know at least one will, and that's all it's going to take One indictment, one prosecution, one conviction. That's all it takes. Donald Trump will be done. And there will be no way to come back from it. He won't be able to run for president again. And the moment he can't run for president again, I think he loses even more power and more people will jump ship from the Donald Trump fucking tugboat. It's going to be interesting to see. But we are now seeing... Uh, a shift in the Republican Party, and it's beneficial to the Democrats. This is only going to get worse because more information is coming out. We're also getting these televised hearings at some point in February or March, and that is going to blow the doors wide open. It's going to be a problem for all Republicans and Donald Trump. And the split will get even wider because, you see, the thing is the base for Donald Trump They will never, ever admit they're wrong. They will just constantly double down and double down until they die in the vine. Here's something interesting. North Carolina State Board says it can disqualify Madison Cawthorn if they find out he helped with the insurrection. Now, of course, he's suing as they do. All these clowns think that they can sue and delay and delay and delay, but the inevitable is the inevitable. It's coming. You can delay it for a month, two months, six months, eight months, whatever, but you're still going to get nailed. We know that Madison Cawthorn more than likely was involved in the insurrection. If Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and all these clowns were involved, Madison Cawthorn was involved interesting thing about Madison Cawthorne, he's 26 years old. He's younger than my youngest son. And he's dumber. Let me just say, he's articulate. He's maybe book smart, but he's mentally off. He's obviously somehow been sucked into this bunch of lies and thinking he can gain power from it. A 26-year-old representative isn't going to have any clout at all in the House of Representatives. He's going to need to put in his time. So he saw an opportunity with the Republicans and the Trump base. If I get on that board, I'll get power quicker. Because let's be perfectly honest, uh, Madison Cawthorn and all these people are only interested in one thing, and that is power. Now, Madison Cawthorn has made some misjudgments here. He's opened his mouth too much, too often. He's been too arrogant, too cocky, and he's going to go down in flames. There's no question about it. Now, the thing about it is, if somebody was involved in the insurrection and they are holding office, there is the 14th Amendment. Now, that 14th Amendment would suggest that anybody involved in an insurrection or something like that cannot serve office in the House of Representatives, or the Senate for that matter. So for all intents and purposes, if they're exposed for being involved, that 14th Amendment should come into play, and they should be expelled by Congress. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know, I I believe it will, I I do, they, they really don't have any choice. You can't let something like that go, because if you do and you show that it's not enforceable, it's just going to happen again and again. And it could be Democrats. It could be Republicans. It doesn't matter. When you get a politician who's only only interested in enriching himself, he sees a loophole or she sees a loophole or a chance to cheat, I guarantee you they're going to do it. And this is some of the Democrats and a lot of the Republicans. So this situation has to be addressed. These people have to be exposed, and they have to be accountable. Now, here's the thing that's pissing off Madison Cawthorn. Let's just say we find out they were involved in the insurrection, and for whatever reason, the Congress or the DOJ decides not to do anything to them, even though, according to the Constitution, they should be expelled from office. Let's say they don't do that. Well, the state of North Carolina has said, doesn't matter, we can do it. There's apparently some law in North Carolina that allows them to keep people off the ticket, off the ballot, if they were involved in insurrection. And this is what the state of North Carolina is telling Madison Cawthorn. If we find out that you were involved in the insurrection, you won't get on the ballot in this state you won't get a chance to run again. And that's whether the feds do anything at all or not. Now, this is scaring Madison Cawthorn because he knows the House Select Committee has a lot of information, a lot of evidence, and he knows he wasn't fuck involved because that was his game. So here's a 26-year-old boy, and I will say boy because that's exactly how he acts. He acts like an arrogant bully, who uh, probably a rich kid who got whatever he wanted, he's going to take a fall. And can you imagine if you decided that you were going to be a politician as a career and you get to be a representative by the time you're 26? And then by the time maybe you're 27, you're one of the few people in this country, in our history, to be expelled from office. Not only expelled from office, but restricted from running any, running for any office ever in history, in the rest of your life. Now, here's a guy that made some bad choices. Here's a guy that picked a career that's pretty much done at that point, and he's 26 years old. No doubt he'll get a job with Fox or OAN or Newsmax. But the time is limited on those folks, too. They've been on board with this game the whole four years, five years now. But uh, when everything fades away and the bottom drops out on Donald Trump and the Trumplicans, then they're going to have to come up with some different ideas and change it. So hopefully Madison Cawthorn can be a little flexible, because if he's going on TV next... He may not get to be able to talk like he does now, because it's fucking ridiculous. It's stupid. It's criminal. It's corrupt. Madison Cawthorn is a piece of shit. He should not be a representative in this country. And chances are pretty good that come uh, the next election, and I believe that's 2022, he won't be on the ticket if North Carolina has anything to say about it. And they have... Everything to say about it. So here's a young man. I I, I try to imagine that. I've got a son that's 28. He came home to me and he goes, Dad, I fucked up. I fucked up real bad. I have a chosen profession, but I can no longer work in that profession because I fucked up so bad. I was a liar. I was an insurrectionist. I was corrupt. Now I can't do it anymore. I got to tell you, I would be so disappointed uh, in my son if he did something like that for being so stupid, especially when I know he's not that stupid. Fact is, Madison Cawthorn isn't stupid. Oh, he's lied about his education and certain things, but he's not completely ignorant like some of the dumb fucks down in the South that followed Donald Trump. Yet his ego and his arrogance got got the best of him. And it may take him out of his career permanently. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> but I'm not going to make fun of somebody because of their handicap. There's so much more to make fun of Madison Cawthorn about. And he's an he's a idiot. He's stupid. Because he just screwed himself. He fucked himself over. He learned well from Donald Trump. All you have to do is open your mouth or do something stupid, and you'll fuck yourself up. And that's exactly what Madison Cawthorne did. And like I said, if the feds don't get him, doesn't matter, because the state's going to get him. And uh, that's awesome. I like that. I like that Madison Cawthorn doesn't have any way out. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. So did you hear this story? Second Gentleman. Doug Emhoff. Do you know who that is? You should. I'm guessing a lot of people don't, though. Doug Emhoff is the husband of Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, making him the second gentleman, as opposed to the second lady. So he is married to Kamala Harris, and uh, he was visiting Dunbar Dunbar High School in Washington, D.C. for Black History Month. By the way, this may or may not have any bearing on this story, but uh, Doug Emhoff is Jewish. And I believe he's the first Jewish spouse in the White House in history. Anyway, he's there giving a speech, talking to the kids, doing what he does, out greeting people and giving information and trying to offer some goodwill, especially during Black History Month. Well, all of a sudden, the Secret Service grab him, and they rush him out of the building. Because, you see, apparently, apparently there was a credible bomb threat on the high school. Now, this bomb threat on the high school had to do with the fact that Doug Emhoff was there, Kamala Harris' Harris's husband, maybe the fact that he was Jewish. I, I don't know. But uh, they rushed him out of there and rushed everybody else out of there. Fortunately, there was no explosion and there was no bomb. But here's the thing that troubles me about this. When I see these attacks and this violence inflicted by the Trumplefax, the base, Donald Trump's cult. I find it very ironic, and here's why I find it ironic. Haven't we listened to Trumplefax and Donald Trump yell and scream about the Muslims? They're all terrorists. We can't let them in the country. Donald Trump stopped all of them from coming into the country. These people are so frightened about Muslims creating terrorist conditions, terroristic conditions in this country. They don't even want them around. The funny thing is, over the past three or four years, the only terrorist attacks have been white American men and women, and they all happen to be part of Donald Trump's base, the white supremacist, redneck, toothless motherfuckers. I just find it ironic that they're always complaining about Muslim Americans and how they are terrorists, yet they themselves are the only ones committing terrorist acts. This is just one of many. You know, Doug Emhoff is in the building, Black History Month. You call up and say, there's a bomb in the building, and they got to rush everybody out. Now, these people aren't smart enough or have enough courage to actually put a bomb in the building, but they know they can disrupt the situation. And let's be honest, the greatest strategy they have, well, it's not a great strategy, but it's the best strategy that they have is to create chaos, create confusion, so they can possibly change the narrative or just piss on somebody's parade. And that's what they were doing here. They wanted to scare Doug Emhoff and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Jill Biden. They wanted to scare the people at the school. Uh, They wanted to show disrespect for Black History Month and maybe even Doug Emhoff's Jewish uh, history or ancestry. And that's what they do. They call up and make a bomb threat. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard that. Now, you remember... During Black History Month, we had several black colleges, like twelve or thirteen of them, and each one of them, one after another, got bomb threats. This is what these people do, these trumplifucks, these base people. That's all the courage they have, is to cause chaos or confusion or try to instill fear in people. They're cowards, mostly. They are ignorant, mostly. And they are a scourge on this country. Absolutely. We need to do something to shut them up and shut them down. For years, they were hiding under rocks until Donald Trump made it safe for them to come out from under the rocks and speak their minds. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing what they have to say. Because it's absolute bullshit. And it's absolute ignorance. And we as a people, as Americans as the larger part of this country that is not racist need to find a way to shut them down, shut them out, and get rid of them, send them back to the rocks. And I think the only way we can do that is by uh, shutting down Donald Trump. And that's why I said before we only need one indictment. There is multiple investigations going on. All we need is one. We don't even need the biggest one. We just need one. And hopefully we're getting closer to getting that one. Because once that falls, that's going to put Donald Trump in turmoil. He's going to be so focused on saving his life that he won't even be able to think about politics. And then maybe another one falls, and then another one falls, and it'll be insurmountable. He won't be able to protect himself from all that is coming. And then hopefully at that point, when that happens... These people that call in bomb threats or charge the U.S. Capitol, and maybe they will be neutralized or neutered and won't be able to do anything because their Lord and Savior is in the jail cell or waiting court, and they will see more and more of the Republican Party bail, like we talked about uh, in the first segment, and then it'll just weaken everything and tear everything apart. As I've said, Donald Trump uh, will probably end up in jail. I didn't used to say that, and we'll talk more about that in a bit. But once that happens, once he's on trial, once he's got an indictment, the whole dynamic of this Trump LaFuck shit is going to change. The power is going to be taken from them. And and honestly, the moment he does get indicted, we might see some early and quick violence. But that would be a mistake on their part because they think the military is on their side, they think the National Guard's on their side, and they think the police department is on their side. They will quickly find out that that is not the case. And the only man pulling the strings and making the call and um. Offering up the assignments is Joe Biden. Donald Trump has no power, and he can't save them, especially if he's under indictment. All right, let's talk about some more stuff. Well, things finally are getting better, or at least some good news, on the pandemic front. New cases on a seven-day average is down 42%. That's a significant drop, and that says something. And it may not be surprising because we we heard with the Omicron virus uh, in South America, it came on quick. It hit quick, but it faded quick. And that's what we're kind of seeing in this country still, or now, and that's spreading slowly across the country. New York first had Omicron, so it came up and started to go down first, and now it's coming westward across the country The other good news is that hospitalizations are down 19%. Now, that said, deaths are up 3%. And we have to go back and just reiterate, because apparently the Trumplafucks don't get it. They will tell you that uh, they don't need masks or they don't need vaccinations. But the people that are currently dying dying and hospitalized uh, because of Omicron are largely those people that are unvaccinated and refuse to wear the mask. Now, there are some that may be inoculated that are getting sick, but these are the elderly people with underlying problems. They're too weak to handle it, even with the booster shot. But they are few and far between. There's not a lot of those things happening. Most people can push through it. Um, I'm pretty sure that maybe a few weeks ago, well, I know my wife did have COVID, the Omicron COVID, because um, she took a test. Now, when she got it, I assumed I had it. Now, I spend a lot of time in the condo. I don't go out a lot other than to the store. So once I knew I had it, I and, and again, I didn't take a test because at that point I couldn't get a test. Now, I have a bunch of tests in the uh, cabinet, but I didn't at that time. I just presumed. I live with my wife, I sleep with my wife, if she's got COVID or Omicron and it catches that quickly, there's no doubt I had it. And during the time I had it, I just had some sniffles, some runny nose, uh, maybe a scratchy throat, and that was the extent of it. It was no big deal. Thankfully, I was vaccinated and uh, had the booster. So we hung around the house, got through it, and once things got better, uh, we were fine. But that's not the case with the people that aren't vaccinated. If there are people dying, and there are a lot of people dying still, even though the pandemic is starting to wane a little bit, uh, these are all anti-vaccinated people. And these are the people that insist on not getting vaccinated. And honestly, if you don't want to get vaccinated, I don't care. I know you're under the understanding that all of us liberals are out here trying to force you Force you to get vaccinated. Couldn't be further from the truth. Don't fucking care if you get vaccinated. If you don't get vaccinated and you go to the hospital and ultimately die, uh, I don't want to see people die, but if you had the chance to protect yourself and you chose not to, don't expect me to feel sorry for you because I don't. I'm not that warm and fuzzy. If you're too stupid to protect yourself, It's on you. And I've told my wife, and my wife and I agree about this. We'll take as many shots as it takes to protect ourselves and to protect our grandchildren. So we were good, assuming—I know my wife had COVID. I'm assuming I did, too. And uh, it wasn't a thing. It was was fine. Uh, We got over it, and we're all feeling perfectly well right now. But this is still going on, and the deaths are increasing. But what you need to understand is, with the pandemic, you know it's going to come to an end eventually. And the way politics seems to work. You know, it's funny. We we hear about how great the economy is, how great the uh, employment market is. But still, people are upset with Joe Biden, and the polls are bad. And there's two reasons for it. Inflation. And that's going to be changing shortly, sometime well before November of 2022. But also the pandemic is going to either go away or get to a point where it's manageable and we don't have to worry about it anymore. So when that happens, what's going to happen is Joe Biden is going to get the credit for it. His polling numbers and uh, the perception people have of him. Are being is being dragged down because of the pandemic and because of inflation, because the economy's great. Once the inflation starts to level out and come down, and the pandemic fades out, Joe Biden's going to look like a hero. And Joe Biden's going to be in a better position for his Democrats come 2022. Again, we've talked about it. Everybody thinks the Republicans are a lock for 2022. That's not the case. There's so many things working against them. They have all this information and all these investigations coming out between now and November. We have the party coming apart at the scene, splitting up, cracking the cult because now they're fighting amongst themselves. The pandemic comes to an end. The inflation comes down. Joe Biden might very well be the most popular president in history when that all occurs. So if you're a Republican, don't get too excited about 2022 in the midterms. It may not go well. As I've said many times before, you can look at that and predict that based on history. Unfortunately, what we're seeing now, we've never seen in history. So there's no way to make that comparison. No way at all. So this may be a good thing for America if we can get past this pandemic finally after, what, two and a half, three years? Can you imagine when the pandemic started? None of us knew what to expect. We thought, oh, it's going to be a couple of weeks and we're out of here. Then it was, well, it's going to be a month and we're out of here. If someone told you then with all the shutdowns and all the problems, people out of work and those sorts of things, if somebody told you then This shit's going to last for three years. There would be people losing their shit. As it is, there was people losing their shit. It's probably a good thing we had no idea what we were in for because it was far worse and far more traumatic than we could have ever imagined. And now it's setting up that uh, it's probably going to help Joe Biden quite a bit. We'll see what happens with it. Now, of course, there could be other variants. There is one other variant. It doesn't sound like it's spreading here that quickly as yet. But apparently it's a weaker strain like the Omicron. It's a variation on the Omicron. But it's even catchier than the first Omicron, which is like 10 times more catchy. And I know that's not the right term, but I don't give a shit. Um, But Omicron was far more infectious than COVID or Delta. And now this new Omicron variant, and you don't hear too much about it, so it may or may not be a factor, but it's even more infectious. But it's similarly as uh, weak compared to Delta and COVID. So even if we do get the variant, we've got enough people who have gotten COVID, enough people that have had the booster and the vaccinations, that still the only people that will get this thing and have any problems with it will be those idiots that are unvaccinated and uh, don't wear masks. So things looking up with the pandemic, hopefully the inflation problem will start to fall. And actually, we are starting to see that it is getting better, and that is expected because largely it was caused by the pandemic and slowing all the uh, supply chains down because there was less people needing product. Now they're ramping up again, and things will get back to normal ultimately. Now, if you were to pick the worst most criminal, corrupt politician in this country. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, would be number two right after Donald Trump. Now, Ron DeSantis is an absolute idiot, an absolute asshole. He's put his people in Florida at risks, all through the pandemic. And recently, Ron DeSantis was yapping again. And he brought up something that was kind of weird. It's not something you hear politicians bring up too often. He stood up at the podium and he said, you know, there was a point when there were more Democrats registered to vote in Florida than Republicans. But he seemed to have a certain amount of glee when he said, but now there's more Republicans registered than Democrats. And then a story came out and it's making the rounds, and it's getting bigger as we speak. But apparently there's quite a number of elderly Floridians who were Democrats, and on their registration, somehow it was switched over to the Republican Party. Interesting. How does that happen? A glitch? Not with this many people getting their designation switched. This clearly is some kind of game that the government is playing, some kind of cheat or some kind of scam that they're trying to pull here. And no one's surprised with uh, Ron DeSantis as governor. This guy is corrupt and criminal to the core. And this is what they're doing in Florida. Yeah, I've even wondered if Florida has any legit elections because there's so much funny stuff there and the politics down there are so dirty. I mean, they used to talk about how dirty Chicago's politics are. And I got to tell you, Florida doesn't seem any better. In fact, it may be worse. So, Ron DeSantis, all proud about more Republicans being registered in the state of Florida. But then we find out that the Republican Party is scamming elderly Democrats and switching them to the Republican Party. Now the thing about it is, is I don't see how that does any good. Maybe the registration card says Republican. Maybe the people don't know that they've made that change. But that doesn't change how they're going to vote. I mean a lot of people don't look at their registration card or or the ballot too closely. They know who they want to vote for and that's what they vote for. Now if they would suggest that this person was registered Republican, but in reality was Democrat. When they go to the voting booth, they're going to vote Democrat. So I don't know quite what it gains. Uh, if, if for nothing else, a perception that they're telling everybody, everybody in Florida is Republican, so you should vote Republican too. What are they trying to work through, peer pressure? Fucking A, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, I found something kind of interesting. Donald Trump put out a cute little press release. He's been uh, reduced to press releases. And you know why? Because he's been uh, banned from every social media platform known to man. None of them will let him post. So he has to write these little press releases and send them out. Now, of course, Donald Trump has been talking for a long time about his own powerful social media platform. I can't even remember what it's called, but it doesn't matter because it's never going to happen. But that's going to come out and compete with Twitter, which it's not. But the problem with that platform, it's already being investigated by the SEC, and it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. One more thing that Donald Trump has his fingers in that gets fucked up. I think one writer said, everything that Donald Trump touches dies. And this is a perfect example. So he writes this press release. And in this press release, he says, he says, the House Unselect Committee. (laughs) Yeah, we know what you did there, Donnie. The Unselect Committee, boy, you burned them good when you did that one. And that was so funny. I mean, did you get that from Eddie Murphy, for Christ's sake? But anyway, he's saying the House Unselect Committee should really investigate Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Because Donald Trump claims that he told Nancy Pelosi that he would get her 10,000 soldiers for January 6th, and get the National Guard ready, too, because he knew there would be problems. Oh, you did? Because that's funny, because um, you've told us that the insurrection wasn't a thing. It was a bunch of patriots protesting nonviolently. It wasn't a thing. And, of course, the RNC says it's a uh, um, legal political discourse. Now, both those things are true because you said it. The RNC said it. Why in the world would you need 10,000 soldiers? Why in the world would you get 10,000 soldiers? I mean, frankly, that's against the Constitution. You can't have the military going up against citizens. You just can't do that. And then, of course, you said you're going to bring in the National Guard. Well, it's ironic that you would bring that up. Because if you remember, the National Guard was being held back by the Pentagon and by you. This thing and the insurrection had been going on for three hours. We had the mayor of Maryland. We had people from inside the uh, Capitol begging for help. And you did absolutely nothing. You sat there and watched it on TV, saw some high points, and you'd rewind it and watch it again. You were sitting there with glee. And for three hours, people begging for help, and you did nothing. And there was also a document that came out before the insurrection that was a listing of all the things that the the, the National Guard couldn't do. You were handcuffing the National Guard. So to suggest that you insisted on these soldiers and the National Guard is absolute bullshit. It's a fucking lie. And we should all be not surprised by this because everything that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth is a lie. You ever notice when he tells a lie? He never tells a little lie. It's always a fucking huge lie. Now, he thinks January 6th is going to be uh, nonviolent. It's going to be a peaceful protest. But he says he told Nancy Pelosi, we're going to have 10,000 soldiers down there, which is unconstitutional. But that's what he said he was going to do. Now, he could have said, look, I did tell Nancy Pelosi we were going to bolster the Capitol Police Force, and we're going to get the National Guard there right away. And then he could say that Nancy Pelosi um, denied it. I hear a lot of trump le say that to me. Well, what about Nancy Pelosi? She turned everything down that Donald Trump offered. Well, the bottom line is that is not true. That is not true. Because many people in the U.S. Capitol were calling and begging for help, and Donald Trump just ignored it. You handcuffed the National Guard, and you didn't send them out for three hours after this thing started. And all he did is sit on his ass, In his Depends, full of fecal matter, watching with glee, excited about how these people were fighting for him, and then rewinding the good parts, you know, the extra-violent parts. I find it interesting that he would tell this lie, and he would do it so dramatically. 10,000 troops at the Capitol? Military troops at the Capitol? Come on! You wouldn't have done that in the first place if you knew what you were doing, And you didn't even come close to doing like that, doing something like that. In fact, you did quite the opposite. But you see what he does here. He tries to gaslight. He tries to control the narrative. And that's what I mean about Donald Trump. He needs to be shut down. Now, people like you and me don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. But there's about 30 or 35 percent of the people in this country that do, because they don't get information from anywhere else but from Fox, OAN, Newsmax, and Donald fucking Trump. So they're completely uninformed. They've been lied to. And they don't care. Even if you prove that they've been lied to and it isn't true, they won't accept it. They just double down, triple down, quadruple down, and they keep fighting. They cannot be wrong. Donald Trump cannot be wrong. The fact of the matter is both of these entities are consistently wrong and consistently telling lies. So I find it ironic that Donald Trump is trying to blame it on Nancy Pelosi. Sorry, Trumpy. It ain't going to work. There's too many people who fucking know better. The only people that don't know better are the few that follow you, you fucking idiot. All right, we're coming to the end here. We'll wrap this Rational Boomer podcast up. If you have questions, comments, complaints, what have you, be sure to email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or you can go to anchor.fm, find Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave me a voicemail message. And uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.